Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon, and together with my husband, Marcus Dillon, we lead Who's Really the Boss podcast, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. Welcome back to another episode of Who's Really the Boss podcast. Hey, thanks for having me back. Just the two of us again for this episode. And the we're titling this episode, Stop Lying to Yourself. And stop lying so, to myself. Like. <laughs> so we want to talk all things consistency. Being at the beginning of the year, I think a lot of people set goals, set intentions, set a word of the year. And now that we're coming up in February want to just take a little step back to, are we being consistent with some of Calling those people things? out, like what happened to that resolution, man? You're so, looking forward to Valentine's Day now. So don't turn it off if you're like, oh no, I've already failed on all of my um, New Year's resolutions. Or if you think you're like killing it at your New Year's resolutions, maybe this will give you a little bit of pause to see if you really are. It's, good. It's, a, it's a checkpoint, right? Did you set any resolutions or even like a word for the year? Uh, not yet. Um, and I know we're recording this early January and it's releasing in February, but um, not yet. I don't feel called uh, at this point to like um, make up a word, right? Like I don't feel that strongly about any one word or... Um, resolution, if you will, to do that. And maybe that's just because it's still like the fog of uh, coming out of the holidays and having Kinley at home, not yet at Baylor and all that fun stuff. But um, yeah, I'm not a real big resolution guy anyway. Um, I think we've set our life out to be pretty the word's not boring, but it's pretty planned. Um, <laughs> so it's like we are predictable people. And I like that. Like there's nothing in my day that I don't really like, that I don't like. And and we've gotten to that point for a reason, like in our, we're very blessed to be able to do that. Like we don't drive to an office anymore. Yeah. We don't wear clothes that we don't like. Um, we don't deal with clients that we don't like, you know? Yeah. And so I think that's just, uh, we've kind of made it to that point at 41. You're still 41 by the time this drops. Um, so uh, that's just part of, part of where we're at today that if I don't enjoy it, it's not going to be part of my day. So that, that goes back into like the resolutions part. So I think we do have a little bit of credibility to speak on consistency because we have set our life up as far as the things that we like to do, the things that we enjoy doing, and even things maybe we don't like or enjoy them, but they are good for us that we started doing those things on a daily basis years back. So it maybe came out of like a resolution or an intention yeah. um, years back where we want to do more of the things that are life giving instead of draining. And that took a lot of work to get to that point. But something happened in December that really inspired this conversation on consistency. So in December, I have an app that I use for working out. And so in 2020, 
one, I believe. I started using a free app um, and I still use the same one to track my workouts because at that time I had stopped going to a gym with a class and a teacher and started working out by myself. And it was really easy for me to convince myself to lift less weight or to do less at the gym. Like there was nobody checking in on me or telling me what to do. I could literally decide every time exactly what I wanted to do. So I started tracking it. So I wasn't tricking myself every week, like, oh, I think last week I only did this many reps, or I think I did this light of weight. And it was wrong every time. Like I was just staying in one place. So I started tracking. So in December, I pulled up my app and at the end of the year, it starts telling you, it starts calculating all of your reps and all of the total volume of weight, like 2 million pounds that you've lifted. And it will like tell you which month you had the most workouts and Mm -hmm. which body parts. Like it starts giving you all the data of the whole year. Well, in December, it was we were on the trip for um, picking up Kinley and it said I had only worked out 260 days. And I was thinking, there's no way I must have not logged some of my workouts. So I'm going back through the calendar and looking at the days are blue that you work out and they're not on the other days. And I showed you guys and Avery, our youngest, she's like 260. I would have thought you had way more than that. Like, how do you only have 260 days? And so that's where it got in my mind that so many times we think we're being consistent, but if we're not tracking it, we really have no idea. It's just an opinion. Yeah. And to your credit, 260 is a lot. Um, 52 of those are Sundays where you don't lift a weight on a Sunday and, um, there are some vacations mixed in there and it also doesn't include your walking. But so this year I tried to include the days that I walk. So typically here's, here was my thinking 365 days a year. We take out, let's say 50 ish, 55. Um, and so I thought in the middle of December, I should be much closer to 300 days than what I was. And, you know, there was only like less than 15 days for the rest of the year, 14, 16 days. I don't know, something like that, um, for the rest of the year. And so, but I thought I would hit, I thought I would go over 300 because I was going to the gym six days a week, just Sundays were really the only day I thought that I was missing. And like the, like, I guess this could be data, like almost financial data that we talk through clients with. Right. And so what was your, what was your number in 2022? In 2022, I don't know because one, I don't pay for the app. So, okay. <laughs> and you didn't, you didn't like, uh, take a picture of it or anything correct. like Correct. Okay. I didn't take a picture of it and I didn't include the days that I walked. And so even okay. if I was at the gym, I didn't record those days. Whereas in 2023, I'm like, no, I really want to, you know, move, we'll say some days I work out hard, some days I don't, Um, but move like six days a week. And anyway, so the point was that then after I did that, then of course I was mad because I thought I would be further along. So what that did, obviously December 15th, we're heading into holidays. We were on vacation. I work out on vacation anyway. I mean, that is just something normal. Or if not, like we try to walk, uh, do something. And so um, I got in 275 to to 
in the year. So I made sure that I had that I did a workout and logged it so that I ended with the most. Whereas if I had not been tracking and thought, no, I've worked out six days a week this whole entire year, it would have been very easy to go to Switzerland, not work out in Switzerland because it wasn't easy there. And then come back home and say, eh, it's the holidays. It's Christmas Eve. It's Christmas day. It's all of these things. I'm just I'll get back to it in the new year. It would have been very easy. I I know. Well, it would have been that much harder to start back. <laughs> I know myself. January. I would yeah. have just said like, I'll walk a few times, but I'm not going back to the gym until January. Yeah, no, but I think uh, you're right on like what you track and measure um, is what gets done, right? Consistency right. in that. So um, out of that experience, you know, we can easily parallel that to financial data. We can parallel, you know, it's whatever um, somebody is wanting to remain consistent with um as far as consistency is there anything there with you've done a lot of research on this um given your love for like tracking workouts and tracking food and all that good stuff and maintaining a healthy lifestyle so is there anything where consistency has shown you or you've read about where your results are going to get so much further than if you try to go something so deep impact in short burst than over consistent. Yeah. And I think um, like just the compounding effect, right? So that can be money and savings and interest. Um, the same goes for anything that you put in. One of the greatest things is that if you try to do too much too fast, the likelihood that you will quit or fail is so much higher. I have no data, <laughs> I have no percentages on how much, um, but pretty much guaranteed that if you're doing something that you don't enjoy and it's very, very difficult, perceived or actual, you will not finish. And so doing something small every single day will make a much greater impact. Um, I believe the saying is we overestimate what we can do in a month and underestimate what we can do in a year because we want fast results. So we think, and every magazine and uh, social media tells us we can lose, you know, a thousand pounds in 30 days or whatever they might say, or you can, you know, grow your business, right? You can gain this many clients if you just do this by the end of this month. Um, But what is lacking there is, can you continue? Can you sustain the behaviors over the long term that get you to that thing? So maybe you can get 50 new clients in a month, but can you sustain that for the next one to two years? Can you sustain that for the next six months? Um, same with anything, nutrition yeah. or working out. I'm going to work out twice a day, every seven days a week. Can you sustain that? No, because life comes up and you have to miss it. And so committing to something lesser and doing it more frequently is always going to yield a better result. It goes back to the tortoise and the hare, um, (laughs) you know, and as you add things to your daily routine or your however often you're doing that, right? Is there any thoughts on... A lot of times whenever you look at like resolutions or like the Lent season or anything like that, you're removing 
things from your life? I think the thing is, is not making a drastic change with the expectation that you're going to be able to sustain that. So making smaller changes over time. So making a small change, achieving that or sustaining that. So having that win, and then that win is going to give motivation to make another maybe bigger you know, like adding on compounding change. Um, but really want to talk about consistency within our business and things that uh, business owners, accounting firm owners should be looking at, or maybe places that they think they're being consistent and maybe aren't being as consistent as would be more beneficial for them. Yeah. So you, you've um, put some examples here. So let's go through the first one. Obviously we already did the gym, but um, we, employed this lead service, which we talked about in the past. Um, so talk a little bit about that and how you saw that consistency whenever we had someone in place versus like when it was on our own and the differences uh, that we saw. Yeah. So the lead generation, what that did was help, um, test out what does it look like to send, let's say marketing emails and marketing cold calls, um, out to, a, a defined um, set of prospects. Business owners, so CPA services, CAS services to business owners that we identified in ideal industries. Right. So for us, we were looking at um, a specific geographic location. We were looking at revenue size, um, team member size, and then industry that they were in. So those were kind of the parameters that we put out. So we know that these messages were supposed to be going to very ideal clients only, but they were going consistently. So phone calls, a certain amount of phone calls were being made every single week, a certain amount of emails were going out, and then they were on, you know, like a three or four week campaign, and then the next one would start. And all of these were to generate a first like discovery call with myself. And so what we did was we tested that out. Now, Obviously, there's some type of onboarding and learning of that business. It's outsourced. So they have to learn what we do, the language that we use, what our services are, what our differentiators are as far as in DBA. So there's some learning time in there. So we decided, you know, in our minds, that's like a month of we're just getting everything set up and running. So really from there, we said, let's give this experiment a total of six months to mm -hmm. see if there's any traction at all. Um, in the first, I would say by the third month, I was starting to have discovery calls, but by the sixth month, I wasn't having any more discovery calls than I was in the first two. And not one of those had converted into a client. Yeah. So at that point, we were able to say, we have given this a fair run and you know, the, the consistency was there. So we couldn't say, well, if we had just done more calls or if we had just continued to do this over and over and over again, that it would have worked. We found out that the way our services are set up and the way we serve clients is very, very relational. So clients need to know us. They need to know more about us before they're going to commit to. So that's not to say that these people that I spoke with during that experiment won't call us back in one year, two years, now that they're following our website, our social medias, sure. things like that. We may convert them 
in years. But as far as return on investment, it didn't make sense anymore to continue that. Well, and I think the thing there with a service like that is once you've decided to cut the service off, there's no evergreen content like you would see in social media. You may have a new follower, new subscriber that is connected to and continuing to learn, but it's for an, an exact amount of time while you're paying that versus the the next one that we kind of looked at was posting on YouTube and LinkedIn consistently about like different things that were going on, our team, services, all of that good stuff. So that one is evergreen content because it lives there forever, right? You know, yeah. and it's like just this podcast alone, like we had somebody and please do not go back to like the first season, the first episodes, <laughs> if you're going to start that journey with us, like don't. Um, so, but we had somebody that like binged every episode and like, they feel like they're like one of us now, right? Like yeah. they know us really, really well, but um, all of those social media podcasts, everything like that's evergreen. It lives out there. It's free to exist forever versus a service like the Legion was not. So talk a little bit about um, your consistency with posting on YouTube and LinkedIn. So these are harder um, because if it were up to just me, I would say there's no return on investment. Let's cut this. We're not doing this anymore. Um, I know in a sense that's not true. uh, And I'll talk about that in a second. But if you go out and look and you just see our views or our likes or our comments, it's nothing crazy. We are not influencers by, uh, I, what I would consider like an influencer, uh, that is not our goal one. Um, but two, it's just not the popularity, um, out of the following that I would consider like somebody who's an actual influencer or content creator. Um, what I have seen is that when people get to know us, if they want to know more, they go to those places. So that we're not necessarily bringing in people who would have never found us or known us any other way, but what it does is it gives a lot of credibility and trust and allows people to get to know um, you and I, and then also our, our team, team yeah. and how things work by not only our YouTube and our LinkedIn, but also through our website. So on our website, we've put a lot of content that is um, directly related to what team members specifically do. And then also some videos as well. So that, and almost every single new prospect that becomes a client, or even if they don't, um, has told me how much they appreciate the website and how much they learned before they ever got on the call with me, which makes that call with me so much faster and easier because they can ask one to two more questions and decide, yes, this is a fit for me. I want to continue pursuing this or no, this isn't a fit for me. And then I can offer them a referral. In the beginning, when we were transitioning out of mostly tax services for individual and business clients into more full service, it was hard for me because I knew what we were going to do for them, but I didn't know exactly who had the capacity to do it. And that was the harder thing was to tell them that they are going to get this exceptional service and we're going to add all of this value because in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, who is providing this exceptional service to them? Who is the one who's adding 
bringing all this value. And if it's just going to be Marcus, that means there's less time with our family. So there were a little bit of uh, checks and balances and things, but definitely things that we worked out and then made easier. And again, just, just like anything, the the motivation and the confidence comes from action. It comes from actually doing and achieving sure. something rather than having that confidence and motivation before you start. Yeah. Well, we saw that this week. So it's your first week back um, taking prospect calls uh, in 2024. And you had four or five stacked up, I think three on one day and two, right? Yeah. So um, I didn't cry before any of them no, or after you're, are, you're just are you proud off, you're trying to get them off the phone as quick as you can <laughs> you know so uh, but one of those it was interesting because i was able to listen uh in on it he was telling you i already pay another firm to do exactly what you're saying y'all do and that firm doesn't do it right well, and he so, didn't get there that quickly and so in my mind i'm just thinking okay if you're already paying someone and they're doing these things for you why are you calling me what is it you're looking for different because we may not offer anything different um so yeah he, he didn't get there fast enough because uh, i probably missed some things he said because i was just thinking then why are we on the phone so i think i think that's going to be helpful for our listeners because um we've talked about like how you have the confidence and you know the team and you know people's names and what exactly they're going to do because of the structure and team of three and everything but then there was a time in our life whenever you did have those second thoughts and you're like, oh my gosh, like, what am I selling this person for? And then fast forward to this week, that conversation with, I believe he was an attorney, yeah. um, so professional services, um, who was paying another firm and not getting, not getting financials, not getting consultations, like everything that we say we do and deliver on, he wasn't getting. And so tell me a little bit how you approach that conversation and like not approach the conversation, but I guess had the conversation in the moment because you like gave him really good advice. I thought, um, to like go back to his team and ask like, who should he be working with? And I think that's sometimes the frustration that happens with professional services is like, Hey, if you're not the right person on your team to help me with this, can you tell me on, on your, who on your team can, and we've, structured our team to be able to do that. So how did you have that conversation? What'd you leave that guy with that was different than your other conversation with the doctor in November or those previous conversations that you used to have? Yeah. So for him, what I needed to find out once he finally said, but I'm not getting this data. And when I get it, it's not correct. I was really, all I really told him was, well, let me tell you how we do this how we stay true to what we are going to do. This team member is going to be responsible for your bookkeeping, any QBO questions that you have. Um, if you would like us to do payroll, they'll take point on payroll. And, you know, like you can reach out to that team member and then immediately on to this is the person who's going to send you your financial statements. They don't just come as a PDF. They actually come with commentary so that you can start thinking of questions to have either, you know, a conversation with your controller or with your CFO um, and then your CFO. And this is how frequently you'll meet. And it's your decision. Do you want to meet monthly or quarterly? So really lined out the three roles of the team of three and each of their responsibilities and when they deliver what so that he would get 
um, expenses, maybe questions on income or expenses as far as transactions to be coded each week from his CSM, that he would receive the financials by the 15th of the following month from his controller that he could then start asking questions of. And then depending on frequency of CFO, he could, you know, have those conversations, you know, hold them for the CFO or have them with the controller, but that that's going to be pre-scheduled based on the frequency that we determine before he becomes a client. And you were speaking into his industry, you know, with his IOLTA accounts, unique um, challenges that come along with law firms and things like that. Um, You also just I think at one point told him like, you need to have a conversation with your current provider to see who on their team should be taking point on this. So we were talking through, he wasn't sure. So what came to light was that he doesn't access, he uses QBO, but actually his current CPA uses QBO and he has probably never logged in and he's not sure if he pays for it or if they pay for it or if he has admin rights or doesn't have admin rights. So that's kind of where we started with the conversation of, okay, well, let's start with asking your CPA if they can provide you admin rights or if you have administrative rights. And then we can talk about moving the billing over, but that this data is your financial data. So being able to access and being able to share that with whomever you would like to share it with um, is a good, is a better place to operate, even if you stay with your current CPA. And I think, you know, that has evolved for DBA. And I know that a lot of our listeners are firm owners and they think, well, that's our work papers. We're not giving that to the client so they can leave or their new CPA. But man, if you're using QBO, which is what we use across the board, um, we like, whenever we set up a new QBO now, it's like the client pays for it. Like we're not absorbing that cost because, into it changes pricing and things like that. So all new clients, like they pay for their own subscription. They are the admin on that. And we're just working in that file. Like that's how we view it. So if they want to go share that data with somebody else or do like, that's them. They take it when they leave, you know? And so I think that's the approach how we've evolved versus like this QuickBooks desktop file was ours and we're not sharing it with you. Like don't even make it a question, right? Like one less thing to think about and one less decision to make. So that's the evolution of that for us. It came up this week whenever it came up with that prospect, because by the end of the call, like you had answered all of his unspoken questions, like how does this really work? Who's going to be responsible for what? And the end of the call was, how can I send you my data? You know? And so it was like, Oh, well you need to invite us to your QBO so we can do an analysis I don't know that I can do that, you know? So it's like all of those challenges that, um, that have kind of led to this point and consistency was a key part in that. Um, so we've talked about the different tools and technologies that allow for, you know, the things that are going still well, YouTube, LinkedIn posts and everything like that, that lead to having good conversation with prospects and then turning ideal prospects into ideal clients, the the last piece are those DBA firm resources and scheduled updates. Um, so I think much like you have that app that you use in the gym, um, it, it, the right technology does is important. And then also you can speak to this, like scheduling is also important because if you're releasing firm resources every other Friday, you're not sitting at your computer at 9 a.m. hitting send on the email 
Um, so talk a little bit about that and how that helps with consistency. Yeah. So we, um, just, just in our firm, we use HubSpot because we like to take whatever technologies that we use and use them, you know, how they're designed to their fullest capability that makes sense for us. So we don't want to have separate logins and things and just different technologies just to have them. And so HubSpot allows us to schedule out not only emails, but also social posts. And so what we, or what I typically do is schedule in bulk or schedule way in advance so that we're always ahead because like mentioned in another episode, we travel a lot and I don't ever want there to be a lag just because we're traveling or just because I have a swim meet or a college visit or whatever it might be. And so go ahead and schedule those in advance to where I'm not having to figure out something every single morning or every other Friday morning um, to send out. So that makes it a lot easier if there's communication that's going out. It gives one time to create something that's quality, gives time for it to be edited, even though um, a lot of things go with mistakes. And um, it just allows that to be consistent because it's pre-planned. Yeah. yeah. And I think those are great points to, um, to hit on. Uh, obviously the consistency kind of closes the loop on why we use that. And then, um, you know, the other piece of that is like HubSpot, you mentioned like, that's just what we use, but there right. are tons of other technologies out there that do that for you. We used to use Hootsuite in a previous life. Uh, there are other technologies that are out there and would highly recommend scheduling, highly recommend looking at the right apps or technology to help you do whatever is needed to remain consistent because consistency is key. Yeah. And just one other area within the firm that I think consistency is really important and something that early on we didn't realize how important it was if we have a team, if you have a team. And so that is meeting with team members. Early, early on, we were very small, four to five people in the office. I mean, we could like reach out and touch somebody. You could hear every conversation. We ate lunch together, but we didn't have necessarily what we would say like formal check-ins, formal reviews happened only once a year after the year had ended. That was very early on. And we realized that there was such a need for more often than that to have dedicated time and a dedicated space for people to um, just bring comments and concerns and questions, but also to hear affirmations, mm -hmm. to hear, um, you know, direction and encouragement, so many things. And so something that we put in place way back in 2020 we put in place weekly check-ins and just being consistent on one team members being consistent on completing that. So I know how everyone's doing. Um, and then also me or someone responding to those. So not just letting somebody check in and it sit there and they have a problem or a celebration that goes unnoticed. Yep. Um, we also started doing scorecards on a quarterly basis. So kind of having some affirmations or some gauges on people's performance. More frequently, we do review meetings three times a year. And those are things that we have been consistent with so that there are fewer, not no surprises, but fewer surprises when it comes to team member or client challenges. Sure. Yeah, no, I think that's um, 
those are just a few ways that we've done it. And I think the addition of how we do it with a team is really important because team is people and people that's whenever things get messy and go off track. And especially we all want to avoid surprises as much as we possibly can. All right. Well, this has been a good conversation. See you on the next. Thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode. Leave us a review with your thoughts, comments, and feedback on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Join us again next week for another great conversation.